Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. That took us almost two months, but we did finally yesterday finish up our review of every team in the NBA. Which means we can now start to pivot our attention towards what's next. Which was, as he speaks once again in the past tense, free agency. It's about a week ago now. Kicked off last Friday. Still just sort of barely trickling along today. So what we're going to do, before I welcome you all to the show, is just give you a quick outline on how the next few episodes are likely to go. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the Ethos Fantasy BK Twitter feed and the Underdog Twitter feed, and we're just going to go backwards through some of this stuff. Now, it's imperfect for one main reason. Twitter did something which I'll admit is a little bit over my head. I know it has uh, to do with the API of their whole deal. So that a lot of these websites that have any kind of news feed are unable to tweet from their own website. And then, thanks to the rate limiting and the breaking of TweetDeck, a lot of these websites have trouble getting info out at all right now. Personally... I am having a world of trouble following what the hell's going on right now. As I said a couple of days ago, Twitter kind of has a little bit of time because we're not in imminent news portion of the NBA proceedings, but we're going to get there at some point. And in the meantime, also, as promised, I have indeed started a Threads account. For, the, uh, for those not initiated, which is, I'm guessing, the vast majority of all of us, but those, those of us on kind of this side of the wall where we're trying to make sure that we can get information to listeners, to readers, whatever, we kind of had to be ready. So when Twitter did this last round of self-sabotage, Everybody sprung into action. Was it going to be Blue Sky? Was it going to be Mastodon? Was it going to be Post? Was it going to be... Oh, and then Instagram came out with threads. And the newsbreakers largely moved over there because you don't need an invite to do it, which is... I think you'd probably say the big thing holding back Blue Sky. You need invites. I mean, you're just not going to grow very fast. And that tells you that they don't really have the infrastructure to grow very fast right now. The one site that does is Threads. It's an app. You cannot yet operate it from a desktop, which is a problem for me because I'm an old man with toe thumbs. But I'm on there. So, depending on how the next couple of days or weeks goes, you might see me do most of my stuff on Threads. As of right now, I'm going to try to do uh, my content on both Twitter, and threads. But I'll tell you, uh, trying to operate TweetDeck, which they also broke on Twitter, and or trying to operate Twitter in general right now, is painfully difficult. 
You need to have like four or five browser tabs open to see the things you want to see as opposed to just one tweet deck window. I think maybe the rate limiting has stopped. I, I don't I honestly don't know. But at right now, a lot of the news breakers, you know, the Woges, the Shams, etc., are frustrated with Twitter. And the world is kind of looking. I don't know that the world is looking to make a permanent switch. But if you're going to send a message to Twitter that you've gone one step too far, this would be how to do it. Just go to a new place and use it until either A, it gets better than Twitter, which it's not right now, but it could, speaking of threads, or B, Twitter looks back and reflects on itself and tries to get good again. Not good like a good place to hang out, but just good in terms of getting information quickly, accurately, and without fuss. There's so much fuss right now. So, while it's young, come find me over on Threads. Download the app. Uh, It's linked to Instagram. If you have an Instagram account, you can just sort of link it right over. If you don't, you can sign up very quickly. I am at Dan Bespris on all platforms. I wanted to make it easy. I am probably the only Dan Bespris, maybe on Earth. There aren't many Besprises out there, guys. There are a handful of David Besprises, though, so there's probably a couple of Daniels. We're going to go with, like, traditionally Old Testament first names and the last name Bespris. Yes, we are a small band of Besprises, but uh, we are also not very creative when it comes to first names. In the Jewish religion at large, actually. You can probably stretch that to all of us. Uh, So find me over on threads at Dan Besperis. I'm... Basically following everyone back right now because I don't know how this damn thing works and the timeline is such a cluster mess that it sort of doesn't matter. I'm mostly still getting my news from Twitter, but I'm reacting to it on threads. That's where this jumble has turned. But back to the point at hand. I wanted to make sure that you guys were able to find me over there. Do it do it now while it's still young. I think if you guys get into threads early, there's a chance that you can also kind of like, as a user, probably build up profiles faster than other people. Just be an early adopter. How many times have I ever been an early adopter of anything? Very, very few. I am not uh, a hipster when it comes to this stuff. I am I usually like to wait and see if something sticks, and then I'll dive in. But I'm diving in headfirst on this one, because Twitter's pissing me off these days. And they may have run up against an actual competitor that's not just going to fall apart at the first sign of trouble. I am Dan Bespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Thank you once again to, to our longtime partner, uh, ExpressVPN. We told you guys a little bit more about what they got going on yesterday. Again, that link for them is expressvpn.com forward slash hoopball. People call that a backslash. That ain't a backslash in your web URL. That's forward. It's leaning forward. It's leaning towards the next letter. That's forward slash. I will be telling you later on in today's episode about our pals at Caldera Labs, so ready yourself for that. In the meantime, as mentioned, we are going to start with the most recent news on our news-breaking websites and work our way backwards and stop and pause and talk longer about the things that actually matter. Fantasy-wise, all of these things matter in reality, but fantasy-wise... Certain things matter more than others. The most recent news was that yesterday Mo Bamba signed to be Joel Embiid's backup center, which 
it'd be very easy to just gloss over that little piece of data, but I would strongly recommend you don't just gloss over that piece of data. And the reason is that Joel Embiid is going to miss at least 15 games in the upcoming NBA season. More than likely, the number will be bigger than that. Mo Bamba can put up fantasy value in about 22 minutes a game. When Embiid is out, Bamba's more than likely going to be a guy who picks up 22 minutes a game or more. That's not to say that you need to draft him, but keep him on your... I, I don't know how you guys organize the players that you want to sort of like have at the ready, but Mobamba profiles as a distinct burger board fantasy player for this coming year. There we go. That's the perfect nomenclature for it. If you're listening to this show and you did listen this last season, which most of you probably did if you're still hanging out with us in the offseason, you guys remember the burger board was how I ended up classifying players that were seeing fantasy value largely due to a change in opportunity related to something happening to the player in front of them. So in this case, it would probably be injury to Joel Embiid of whatever kind, whether it's a nagging thing that causes him to miss one or two games or something more significant that causes a couple of weeks. Bamba slots into, eh, it's hard to say if it'd be one or two burgers. I don't think it'd be three because there'll be times that the Sixers probably go small, but Bamba can protect the rim. He can stretch the floor. He's the guy that would slot into, most likely, I would think, at least 24 minutes a game when Embiid is out. And if you want to know what Bamba can do in 24 minutes a game, look no further than the previous year. He was back in Orlando there. We had to go to his Lakers numbers this most recent season, where Bamba played 25 and a half minutes per game and was number 53 in nine category leagues on only 8.7 shots per game. Because when he's getting run at center, he piles up blocks and boards and hits threes and does it on pretty good percentages. 24 minutes of Mo Bamba is a top 75 to 85 range fantasy guy, even if the usage is relatively low. Anything beyond that is big time gravy. So get your Bamba burger board play ready because he will be something for some short period of time this year. I can pretty much guarantee he's going to have some games where he's a playable fantasy asset. But no, you probably don't need to draft him. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations.
Continuing to work our way backwards chronologically. It's a reverse chronological lightning round of uh, free agency news. We had a trade yesterday that I didn't cover on the show because we were talking Denver Nuggets. It was a sign-in trade. Grant Williams signs, re-signs with the Celtics and then gets traded to the Mavericks. It's a sign-in trade between Boston and Dallas. Grant signs a four-year, $53 million deal with the Mavs. The Spurs, who helped felicitate this stuff, get a 2030 pick swap from the Mavs and Reggie Bullock. The Celtics get a pair of second-round picks and a 2025 second-round pick swap, which is like all the what in this deal as well. But we're not super worried about the pick swaps and the picks and stuff like that. We're worried about the players. And the players that were involved in this trade were Grant Williams and Reggie Bullock, two guys that profile, I shouldn't say even profile, that's just what they've been. They're 3 and D guys. Grant Williams this last year played 26 minutes a game for the Celtics. He averaged 8 points, 4.5 rebounds, 1.5 three-pointers, 0.9 defensive stats combined, 45.5% from the field, and 77 at the free throw line. Unfortunately, even if you extrapolate that to a larger role, which he, I would argue, probably will have now on this Mavericks team because Dallas is not super deep at power forward, they acquire their, they've got their backcourt locked up, but everything else is kind of floating in, in limbo. Even if you extrapolate Grant Williams to 30 minutes a game, he still was not, even this year in Boston, a lock for fantasy value. He's a good corner three-point shooter, basically, and that's probably what he's going to be asked to do with Dallas. Defend people, be tough, be stout, because his build is a pretty stout one, and hit a damn corner three because Luka and Kyrie are going to get you open. Is he draftable in 12-team leagues? No. Is that my final answer? Probably. What about Reggie Bullock? He's an interesting test case because when he gets full starters minutes, there have been times he's hit fantasy value. This past year for Reggie, however, he was atrocious. And it's hard to know what was going on with him. Was there something going on on the personal side? Was it just a bad fit in Dallas? Doesn't really make sense because, like, he did more the previous year in fewer minutes the previous year. He just couldn't throw a stone in the ocean. Shot 41%. That's about two percentage points lower than his career mark. He took only six shots per game in his second highest minute per game number of his career. Just never really got himself involved. Now, with the Spurs, they're a young team. He would likely be a backup in with his new organization, probably backing up at either small forward for Keldon Johnson or power forward for, uh, I guess that would be, who the hell is their power forward right now? Probably Jeremy Sohan, Victor Webanyama, the center, Vassell shooting guard, Trey Jones point guard, probably. But he becomes one of their more veteran, trustworthy backups, there's not enough there for him either. So this is a trade where the Mavericks undoubtedly got better. Grant Williams is a better fit and probably just a better basketball player than Reggie Bullock. Does it, does it matter for fantasy purposes? I would argue a resounding no. 
This certainly got more attention in the fantasy space than a Mo Bamba backup signing, but I would argue that the Mo Bamba one actually probably creates more fantasy opportunities this year. Let's keep going backwards on this thing. Bull Bull was waived by the Magic. He had a about a month, month and a half long insano run at the beginning of last year when Orlando had a lot of their guys hurt. As Orlando got healthy, Bull Bull stopped playing. He is a kind of a freak when it comes to build, but he still hasn't figured it out between the ears. And if that ever happens... He has one of the most interesting fantasy profiles of anybody on planet Earth. But do we think there's any chance that that happens? Probably not. You can keep an eye on it if you like, but seems extremely unlikely he goes someplace where he had a better opportunity than he had in Orlando, and that only was able to last for whatever it was, five weeks. Malik Beasley agreed to a one-year year, uh, one year deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Doesn't matter. He ain't playing enough down there. He'll have a game once in a long while where he hits seven three-pointers and everybody's going to go, ooh, and then he's going to vanish again because that is the Malik Beasley way. He is a very streaky outside shooter. He fits much better on teams that aren't playing for something important because then he can go out there and he can chuck. When he gets on a team where stuff is on the line, if he's having a cold shooting night, He's not really going to get to shoot through it. You saw that in L.A. Games where he was cold, he just didn't really get to play. Games where he was hot, he did. But, you know, that was like one out of every four or five. That ain't enough on the fantasy side, and you aren't good enough, none of us is, to figure out what night he's going to get hot. Sometimes it's in garbage time in a game that's a blowout. You're like, oh, well, he's going to get hot against the team. Maybe we'll give him a chance against a team that's going to be closer. Nope. Mason Plumlee back with the Clippers. All he's really going to do there is serve to screw up whatever fantasy value Evita Zubats was trying to build toward. Those guys are going to end up splitting center minutes, maybe not down the middle, but having a very competent backup center means that Zubats just isn't going to have a free run to 32 minutes of ball game. There will be games where he gets to play 32, but it's not a free run. So if Zubats is having an off game in any way or Plumlee's playing better, then that pivots towards 24-24, and it kind of averages out to somewhere in the middle. Do I want either of those centers on my fantasy team? No! Torrey Craig signed with the Chicago Bulls. I don't know if we... Did we get the final numbers on that one? This is an interesting one, um, mostly because Chicago's power forward situation was often DeMar DeRozan and and or I guess we should do a slash Patrick Williams. So does this now give the Bulls someone they use instead of Patrick Williams, or does it create a much more competent backup? In my mind, no matter how you look at it, it's not good for fantasy. You know, sometimes we talk about addition by subtraction in the fantasy universe. Teams get a little bit thinner, so if you guys go from playing like 25 minutes to 29 and then they hit fantasy value, this is the other way around. Some guys that were probably squeezing up towards 27, 28, 29 minutes, now they probably have a slightly harder time getting to that marker. Do I... Am I drafting Torrey Craig? Hard no. 
Am I drafting Patrick Williams? That went from kind of a maybe to probably not. Unless they thin out some more, which, I mean, I don't even know how you thin out some more. Because uh, now it's like you'd have to get rid of the guy you just signed. And it's not like DeMar DeRozan's going to give up any minutes. If he gets traded, I guess that changes things. Uh, well, I mean, it, obviously it changes things quite a lot because DeMar played the most minutes on the team last year on a per-game basis at uh, 36 and a half. But right now, like Levine, DeMar, Vooch, those guys are not giving up their 34, 35, 36 minutes of ball game. Uh, and so when you're talking about front court minutes, which is where Craig is going to be and where Patrick Williams is going to be, it's not like you could just shuttle one of those guys down to shooting guard, at least not if you want to have a decent shot of scoring at any point on an offensive possession. It's just this averages thing. Even if you... Again, let's simplify. Even if you assume that Torrey Craig takes nothing away from Patrick Williams, he does certainly make it damn near impossible for Patrick to get more front court stuff. Is there any way... The, the way that this thing gets maybe a little... maybe shakes loose from the coconut tree, I'm sorry, I've been reading Chicka Chicka Boom Boom to a kid, is if Levine ends up almost exclusively at shooting guard and DeRozan almost exclusively at small forward. So you open up the power forward, Patrick Williams gets the bulk of those, and then Torrey Craig gets like, you know, 15 backup power forward minutes and, I don't know, 10 backup small forward minutes. That's a way that this could maybe wiggle through maybe and in that case is that enough for Tory Craig no but at least it gives Patrick Williams a chance to maybe maybe I mean he's so close to being a 1-1-1 guy and he's so close to being a fantasy asset he just needs to do a little bit more someone probably needs to get traded frankly because like the big three on Chicago is a legitimate usage vacuum those three guys combined to take what like 50 of the team's shots this year, nobody else got more than eight. Patrick Williams was at eight, 8.3. We need him to get to like nine and a half, ten range. That's how things get right. And if he plays an extra two to three minutes of ball game, maybe you get an extra half a rebound, or maybe it becomes one steal and one block instead of .9 and .9. Those things actually matter, the little stuff around the edges, because this year Patrick was at 130 per game, and if you could... If you could somehow inch him up to 30 minutes per game instead of 28 and inches usage just the tiniest bit farther forward, that gets him inside the top 100. But I, again, I just it feels like too many gears need to lock for that to actually happen. So I'm probably not taking that plunge. Anthony Edwards signed his five-year extension. That also happened on Monday. Monday! It's a combination of Sunday and Monday. That one doesn't matter to us uh, because we profiled the Timberwolves already. Anthony Edwards is probably going to be a guy who gets overdrafted because he scores a lot. He's also fun. Fun factor does matter, but fantasy-wise, there's nothing to add to that one. Eric Gordon. This Now we're back to Sunday as we work our way backwards here. Eric Gordon signed with the Suns. Uh, I'll take a nice, kind pass on that one. Eric Gordon is not a good fantasy player, and he hasn't been for a damn decade. That's with minutes, people. 
I don't care. Like, you could try to convince me that he's going to play more than 28 and a half minutes per game on a very thin Phoenix Suns team. Suns did some pretty good stuff here on their with the veteran minimum things. But it doesn't matter. Eric Gordon's field goal percent is low. His free throw percent came back up this last year. So I guess that's a little bit of a, of a win. But steals and blocks are low. All he does is shoot sometimes ill-advised three-pointers. And for fantasy, that's just not going to cut it. So that's another hard pass. Oh, let's get to the toughest one we'll talk about today. Miles Bridges. Ugh. Okay, can I put that off for one second? Let's put that off for one second so that I can tell you about our newest partner here on Fantasy NBA Today, and that is my buddies over at Caldera Labs. I told you guys about this before. It was uh, a connection I had made through Manscaped, and he ended up with this fantastic new company, and he reached out. So, Dom, thank you, my man. Thank you for doing that. We really appreciate it here on Fantasy NBA Today. I know this show has gotten bigger over the years, but I like to think of myself as still kind of a a mom-and-pop sort of deal. Uh, So when someone goes the extra mile like that, I want to make sure we do also. Ah, you like what I did there? Darn right I did. Uh, So what did I tell you about last time we talked about Caldera Lab? Mm. Let me tell you about something new. Okay, uh, so last time we mentioned that uh, Caldera Lab is just the perfect way to sort of get your skin right for summer. This time, I want to give you a little bit more on... I think we talked about first impressions, right? How when folks walk up and they meet you for the first time, they're kind of sizing up how your face looks. So that's like teeth... Eyes, hair, skin, it's in there. If you got gunked up skin, if you look like you're 25 years older than you actually are, that matters. That that matters in how somebody looks at you and how they treat you. Well, this time, I want to talk about what that leads to. So not as much the first impression, but how you feel when you know that your first impressions are going to be much more positive. What's the word we're looking for on that? Confidence. Confidence. Having this high-performance men's skincare product gives you a confidence that you didn't have without it, and that trickles down into everything you do, business relationships, personal relationships. It's all rolled into that same bucket. Use our, my, Fantasy NBA Today's exclusive coupon code, Ethos. We kept this one real easy. Once again, shout out to Dom for getting us an easy coupon code. Ethos, E-T-H-O-S, at calderalab.com to get 20% off their best products. I didn't get a chance to tell you about all their products on the last one. I want to tell you about a couple of their products today. The Clean Slate. I think we talked about that one. That's where you start your day. It's a balancing cleanser that uses gentle plant-based cleansing, leaving all skin types exceptionally refreshed. The Base Layer. That's a nutrient-dense, fortifying moisturizer that hydrates your skin and absorbs it fast, leaving you with a matte finish so you can start your day confidently. And the Good. The Good Good. That's your go-to at night before bed and a clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. In every drop of this serum, there are 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. What does that mean, you ask? 
I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> Take your skin to the next level with Caldera Lab. Get 20% off with our code ethos at calderalab.com. C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com. 20% off at calderalab.com by using the code ethos. Experience a whole new level of health in skincare with our newest pals at Caldera Lab. All right, that was fun. And now I got to do the part that's not so much fun, which is talk about Miles Bridges. <sighs> so, you know, nothing can happen until, I think, today. Doesn't the moratorium end today? thought it was today. Maybe it's tomorrow. thought it said July 6th. Anyway, the news from Woj, this was now we're back on Saturday. No, that's Sunday still. Back on Sunday is that Miles Bridges was indeed preparing to sign his $7.9 million qualifying offer. So he's taking the QO from the Charlotte Hornets because nobody wants him right now. The Hornets also drafted a player who basically plays the same position as Miles Bridges, which was, for that team, power forward. And now, Brandon Miller. I can't really tell you how all of this is going to play out. Teams and organizations are typically more forgiving than the general public. Again, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case here, but think about basically through all of time, teams and players believe Maybe you say more strongly in what you'd call like a quote-unquote second chance. Whereas with most of us, personally, I think there's a perfectly good way to win your fantasy league this year without touching Miles Bridges. I don't call it like a morality soapbox or something. I just find him gross now as a human being. I'm not going to come on this podcast and try to tell you that we are all better better humans that like that's not my job so what i will say is reserving as much of my judgment for off air conversation as humanly possible i'm probably not doing anything with miles bridges this season if you want to have at it i'm not going to judge you if you do personally i think i'm good enough at fantasy basketball to win without him Okay, I'm not going to leave it at that. Um, But it's also worth noting that I think the Hornets also likely feel like he needs to sort of reprove himself. We still have to find out what happens with P.J. Washington. I would assume that they're going to match whatever he gets. Gordon Hayward is the uh, big-time expiring deal this coming season for Charlotte, and you've got to think that they're going to try to move him. His $31 million and aging body have really looked pretty bad for all but about three weeks last season. He looked old and out of shape and slow. But you can't bank on that because trading a player is harder than it looks, and teams are really reluctant to part with first-rounders because draft picks became even more valuable in the new CBA, including second-rounders. So let's just operate under the assumption that Gordon Hayward is going to be in Charlotte throughout the year. Maybe he's not, but we have to assume that he will be. 
So that gives them a couple of options at center. Mark Williams, Nick Richards, probably the two guys that are at the front end of that. I know they've got, we saw, uh, what? They were in a three-way center rotation at the end. Of the Doesn't matter. Um, I think Kai Jones was the other one that was seeing center minutes. And they like him too, by the way. Power forward is now Miller and Bridges, most likely. I couldn't even tell you right now who's going to start on opening day. I would assume the dude that they took with the number two overall pick, passing up on Henderson, who most analysts agree is going to be a star at some point. The Hornets went power forward because they like Brandon Miller a lot, and also they felt like that was an area of greater need, which tells me they don't think Miles Bridges can continue to fill that role for them. Maybe he will, but they have serious doubts because if they've, thought that Miles Bridges was just going to be their power forward this year, then they probably would have taken best player available. Which they might tell you they did, but pretty much everybody came on this podcast and everybody on Twitter has told us they didn't. So then you got Gordon Hayward at small forward, Terry Rozier at shooting guard, LaMelo Ball is the starting point guard for this Hornets team this coming year. Where does that leave Miles Bridges? Probably backing up Hayward and Miller. They have other young guys that they'd like to get into the mix as well. JT Thor, Book Knight, who's, I think, struggling his way through summer league right now, so maybe that doesn't really turn into anything. Um, Nick Smith, another young player. Cody Martin, almost forgot he was on the roster. Been hurt. A lot, but the Martin boys are turning out to be pretty good NBA players. I don't think that we can go into this season expecting Miles Bridges to get anything remotely close to what he did two years back before he got punted for a season. Remember, two years ago, Miles Bridges was number 31 on a per game basis. I mean, he was the breakout sensation the 21 uh, 22 NBA season. 20 points, 7 boards, 4 assists, a steal, almost a block, 2 threes on 49-80 splits. Yeah, that was that was a monster. But this dude is not playing 36 minutes a game this coming year. He's not getting 15 shots a game this year. And honestly, I don't even know what kind of a ball player he's going to look like after all this time off and all of the crap that's going to be swirling around him. Like I said, though, teams and players tend to move on faster than we do the very judgy general public i I, look look i I know who i am you guys know who i am and we all have a little bit of that and some of us are going to be like "Ah, i move on very quickly and but a lot of us are going to be like this guy will he win whack their trust remains to be seen can he get up to mid-20s in minutes pretty quickly probably yeah But things have changed a little bit since the last time he was out there. There are other guys that are going to demand the basketball. Hayward is still there. Rozier, LaMelo, those guys are going to get a lot. I know Kelly Oubre is not, so that does open up a few things. But P.J. Washington, he did more last year. Remember, he was at only eight shots a couple years ago. P.J.'s role got bigger on this team. And if he's back, he took 13.5 shots a game this past season. If the Hornets match whatever he gets out there, he's not about to give all that up to a guy who, well, look, 
did wrong. So anyway, we sit and we lie in wait. But I would assume you want to look at something more along the lines of like 24, 25 minutes per game as the target. Usage lower than it was two years ago. And if you are drafting him, I mean, he's probably going to go relatively late, I would think. It's a safe, oh God, it's to say. It's a safe super late pick because something good happened there. Could, good, could happen there on the fantasy side. But again, I added the very end of that discussion, I'm probably just not going to do it. He might end up as a hit, fantasy draft night, but he ain't going to be on the old man squad, I can tell you that. That's where we'll put a pin in things for today. There's so much left to do. There's so much left to do. And we'll continue it tomorrow as our tour de free agency force continues here on Fantasy NBA Today. I like this. This is fun. We're just going through all of them. Anything new comes out, we'll start the next show with that new item, and then we'll jump to where we left off. So uh, after Miles Bridges, by the way, is the where we left off for this one. I'll see you guys over on Threads. I know you're going to find me over there. You better because we're sending a damn message and we're doing it together at Dan Vespers on all social media platforms right now. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.